This is Gus Ullenbeek, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Yes, a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is the Full and Focus podcast. Uh, we're going to do things slightly differently tonight because, let's be brutally honest, I don't think anyone really wants to go and give a full review as to what happened against Manchester United. But if you are in some ways interested, I'll just give a quick, I'll just give a quick roundup. Uh, Vieta missed an early chance. May United scored their three chances. We looked like shite for the rest of the game. That's really it. That's all you really need to know. So what we're going to do is, in the words of Bane from the third Batman film, I forget what the title is now, we're going to give the power over to you, the people. And we've asked the, um, we put the tweet out earlier today, we're going to get your questions. So we're going to answer your questions as best we can and hopefully uh, hopefully get through as many as we can and hopefully satisfy as many people as we can uh, by answering them. But first, let's get the legalities out of the way. Uh, we want to thank Gus Ullenbeek for opening the show. Gus made 50 appearances for the Whites, scoring the one goal, just the one goal, away to Wrexham. He was a lovable character and admired for his speed and enthusiasm bombing down the wing. He was part of the Keegan side who stormed to the Division 2 title with 101 points in 1999 and is forever in our hearts. Check out Danny Boy's Q&A with Gus, looking back at his Fulham career on our website, fullandfocus.com. Gus Unabeek, we salute you. Fulham. Right, let's get um, let's get the intros out of the way for tonight, and it's the uh, Matt squared, however you wish to look at it, because we've got three mats tonight, not squared, cubed. That's what it is, the little three. God, I was never any good at maths, but I can do this much. It's uh, me, Matt Dom, and Matt McClare. So we'll first introduce Mr. Matt Dom. Evening to you. Good evening, sir. Have you quite recovered from that ludicrous display? To quote the IT yeah, crowd for Saturday. I think I was over it before it even started, to be honest. So yeah, I think most of us were. And uh, another good evening to uh, Mr. McClare. Mr. McClare, a good evening to you. Good evening, Mr. Baldwin. Right, before we get into the um, do any of you again, we just wanted to give a few a bit of a review for anyone who again may be tuning in for that. Does anyone have any thoughts about the main United game that I didn't really say that they want wish to add, Mr. McClare, to you first? Yeah, it's difficult because you covered it so thoroughly. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was obviously a disappointing one, but again, one that we kind of expected. One of those ones I think we said last week that you write off at the start of the season, but even still, it's still disappointing to concede another three goals at home. Pogba looked excellent for them, and Solskjaer's kind of machine storms on. And as I said in my article that I wrote and went out this morning, we just continue to drop like a stone and. Can't see it changing anytime soon. You know, you, you kind of hope that you, you remain positive and you hope that things are going to change, but you, I just can't see where it's going to change now. To be honest, no, I don't. I don't think any. I don't think any of us can. That's why we're not going into depth with it. But uh, Mr. Dom, uh, last words. Last word. Over to you. Do you have anything to anything you wish to add or indeed want to add? No, not much really. Have the energy just, um, to add. Yeah, well, it's just it's sad to remember that there was a time in the not too distant past where we, we would have been the team who ended that run but you know the, there were 10 games I think it was 10 games um, without defeat and 
the previous Fulham team would have would have ended it. But you know, instead, no one was thinking about about us doing that. Um, so it's disappointing. But you know, as Matt said, it's it's no surprise whatsoever. Um, it wasn't a game we were expecting to win, but it was a game where from where we are that we do need to win. But you know, it wasn't to be. No, yeah, it was, yeah, we needed to win, but we didn't expect it. But it's more the performance that you know sums it all up. Yada yada yeah. Let's get into listener questions, and that's what we came here for tonight. So our first question tonight, and we again thank everyone, every each and every one of you that uh, posed a question. We'll try and get through each and every one of them. Some of them we can't answer just because. It'll take too long and people have got to be somewhere tonight. Matt Dom specifically has got somewhere very important to be, but I can't divulge the full details because it's classified information. He's top secret spy sort of thing. But anyway, our first question comes from Mr. Agro Hargo. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Agro Hargo asks, have we become the laughing stock of the Premier League? The laughing stock of the Premier League. It, it, it's a bit, a bit harsh, but... It's a, it's a fair question to ask at this stage, given however the worst defence in the top five uh, leagues in Europe, something along those lines. Just the amount of comical stuff that's gone on this year with the, you know, the Mitrovic and Kamara penalty, whether or not you want to believe the whole yoga thing. It was it was a good laugh for a couple of weeks, whether or not it was true is a different matter. You look at our own player being nutmegged. I can't remember who did the nutmegging, but Ryan Barber got nutmegged on Saturday by his own player. So on and so forth. Matt, how we become the laughing stock, or are there teams? Well, it says in the Premier League, so in the Premier League we probably are. But are we officially a laughing stock this season, or do we have some level of credibility still left? Uh, well, I don't think laughing stock is is quite is quite right. It's more with a soft touch, and teams are going to come and come up up against us and expect to win. And they are winning. Uh, I think it's not really. I don't think laughing stock's the right way to put it because I think we're kind of laughing at ourselves more than any any other team is. It's just sort of, it's just a, such a missed opportunity. I think more than anything, we 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 went up in a much better state than we went down. It, it seemed like that anyway. But for, you know, for whatever reason, there. I mean, there's a lots of reasons you can go into. We we failed miserably, and and now it's just it's just an embarrassment. More than it is a laughing stock. I don't know if that's the same thing. It probably is, but it's just it's just so disappointing, and it it was avoidable. And I think that's the thing that is most annoying for me. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an excellent that's an excellent word you say there. Just before I get bringing Mister Bucket, it was all avoidable. This if we had come into this season with a plan at least, and yeah, and it was the same, and it was the same sort of results. We it would come off a lot better but it's we seem to have muddled our way through the season i, I get there hasn't been any level of cohesion or one sort of solid mindset or idea that's taken us through this year so yeah you say confusion uh mr mcclair back at same question to you are we the official laughing stock of this year much in the way derby county were back in 2007 8 or you can go back to your sunderland's your watford's yeah any team you so desire that put in terrible terrible performances each year yeah, that's the thing. You've just listed a load of crap teams that have played in the Premier League and we're just another in a long line of crap teams that have, have come up and we've harboured ambitions to, you know, do much better than we have done and we've just failed miserably. So I, I don't think laughing stock's the right word. Perhaps we came up with a bit of a swagger because of the way that we came up and the, the, the football that we played and the run that we went on last season. But I don't, I mean, I certainly wasn't lauding 
Fulham in people's faces. I was just, you know, really delighted to be watching a, an excellent team last season. And it's it's kind of blown up in our faces this season. But, you know, I think laughing stock's harsh. And as you say, Derby County went down with, with 11 points. And I think a goal difference of something like minus 69 in 2008. Worst ever Premier League team. And we've already, you know, surpassed the amount of points that they've got, even though it's, it's a pretty miserable state of affairs, the amount of points we've got. Yes, and our goal difference at the moment is minus 33. So you'd think we shouldn't go that far this season, but you never know the way. Oh, Christ, we've got Man City coming up in a couple of weeks. And we've got Liverpool coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay, this this may be doable, but you never know. Let's find out. You know, strong upper, stiff upper lip and stiff upper lip and all that. Let's just move on to the next question. Um... And our second question comes from a Christian Lydberg. Christ, this sounds so Alan Partridge, doesn't it? Uh, Christian Lydberg. And what a hit. And he asks, what are your thoughts on the fact that the, that the first players to come and thank the fans on Saturday were players from last season, um, as well as Rico and Chambers? But he lists Adoy, Reem, Mitrovic, Sesnion, Tom Kearney, and then Rico and Chambers as well. While some of the new signings headed straight down the tunnel. Now, we talked at the earlier. We talked, talked um, at some point during the season whether or not there's a sort of split in the side. You know, those players that got uh, promoted versus those who are, who came up, whether or not there's a divide in the dressing room. Do you see something along those lines appear, appearing now? You know, the again, I don't want to say the old players because they're only this season, but the old players and the new players, or maybe those who want to be here and those who don't want to be here. Mr. Clare, over to you. I'd like to think there's not a divide in in the squad between the old and the new players. I think they've they've all been around for a number of months now, and you know they they should all be a, as one in in many ways. But it, it's happened a few times this season that a lot of players just head off down the tunnel, and I don't think there's any excuse for it. All right, you're tired. You've just played an hour and a half of football, maybe less if you've come on a sub or whatever. But you know, it, there's it takes seconds to just come over and clap the fans. And and like I say, I don't think there's, there's any excuse for anybody not to do it. We're all pissed off, but you know, do you, do your job to the end. Yeah, but it is, it is one of those things. It's it's the absolute minimum for you to do. Like um, I don't, I, we're going to get onto the owners uh, at, at a later point in the show, but it's one of these things. You know, Tony Khan gets criticised for you know only posting uh, on social media when we win. And it's the same sort of thing, even if we, you know, if he posted when we lo- lost, just a general sort of, you know, not the best result we, uh, not the best result we could hope for. Um, let's hope things can be right next year. That, that's the bare minimum you should be wanting from your players and to extend the owner, management. I've no idea if Ranieri is on Twitter. I don't think he is. Um, I know there's a parody account, but I don't know if he's on Twitter probably hidden somewhere but it's, it is the absolute minimum you should do is at least clap the fans applaud them uh applaud them for turning up uh mr dom do you sort of agree with mr mcclair's sentiments yeah uh, applaud them for staying to the end really because you know that was that was over at 2-0 wasn't it let's face it um it, it's weird i mean i think there's always going to be some sort of i think divide is the right word but you know there's a set of players who earn their place in this team. They they were a really tight unit last season. They won the playoffs together. They had, you know, a lot of heartbreak at the beginning of the season. And then that, there was that, that big run and they're all a huge part of that. And then, you know, these new players have come in and they're trying to take that spot away from them for 
for not really having done anything apart from being good at other teams. So there is that, but then that shouldn't translate to the first lot of players clapping the fans and the second lot of players not clapping the fans. You know, why can't they all do it? So that's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a really tough season for everyone and more than anyone, the fans, and just show your appreciation. Simple as that. You look at Cardiff now as well, and, and they're starting to gather momentum and Warnock's over, you know, Ging the crowd up at the end and punching the air and the crowd the crowd are loving him and love him or hate him, you know, he he he's doing a great job there. And the fact that he's going over to the to the fans at the end when they win, you know, I don't think we've seen Ranieri come over to us yet. Whereas we did see Slav come over last season a couple of times, probably more than a couple of times actually. I guess that's what happens if you win if you're winning though, and we're just not winning. Yeah, that's an, ex- an excellent point you raised with Neil Warner because it's something, you know, I, f- I follow a lot of Cardiff fans through because they're all Welsh fans and I follow the Welsh team so on and so forth on Twitter. And they they talk about it so much about how they feel that, you know, they have a connection with Neil Warnock about how he gets the Cardiff fans and how he's, you know, on side with them. And they sort of have the us against the world mentality the same way Neil Warnock has the me against the world, uh, against the world mentality. So it's, it's something to mix. And, you know, you make an excellent point. I have, I haven't seen Ranieri uh, doing anything similar. Um, I say after wins, I can't really think of any wins where he would, where he would at any point come over, but yeah, it, it is something that's missing. There's, there is a, there seems to be a bit of a lack of connection with the fans, with the fans and the team. Like last year, the only player I think that comes uh, at least has some level of connection with the fans is Alexandra Mitrovic. You, you saw that in his celebrations against Brighton. Who did he again against Huddersfield Brighton. and Brighton. Brighton? That was it. That was it. Brighton. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, when he jumped, when he jumped into the, when he jumped, not jumped into the crowd, but those celebrating with the crowd and Ryan Sessi on, you know, hugging him, uh, hugging him from behind. It, that's really the only players that have some sort of connection this year. I mean, can you think of any others that you, we feel? You know, we had that we had that with Tom Kearney as well, but he's not been playing that much, so we haven't been able to see that much from him. Yeah, that that the point you made about um, Ranieri as well. I was I was kind of I was expecting him to be a good fit in in a similar way that Warnock is at Cardiff. Yeah, if you like a kind of Italian Roy Hodgson, but he seemed from the outside. He had that connection with the Leicester fans. He seemed like he was a, a Fulham kind of kind of manager, if that makes sense. Um, you know, a, a gentleman, polite, you know, that that kind of thing. But I don't know. It, I don't think really, as a, as a general fan base, we've we've ever quite taken to him. So maybe that's that's part of it. And obviously, he came in after um, the last, the previous manager, Jukanovic, who was really kind of roundly adored by everyone. And it, it was a difficult thing. To, to come into a team uh, to replace a manager who, even if fans recognise he, he might have, it was probably his time to go, that he was still roundly roundly liked by everyone. So that that might might be part of it, but yeah, it just it just hasn't quite it hasn't quite worked. I, I'm not it's sure. It's because we haven't been winning quite. games. That's why if we yeah, if we if we've won every game that he'd been there for, then we'd be loving him and he'd probably be over. But. You know the fact that we we're, we're trudging off early b- before the final whistle, and the team are trudging off because they've been thrashed again. You know it, it doesn't doesn't breed that kind of relationship, does it? No, 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 it doesn't. It, it is one of the, you know a win can be a great healer. 
No, once once you start getting a run of wins together, it, it changes the morale of everything. I, mean, I don't want to go back to Cardiff on every example, but you could just see the morale and the, the belief now that is going around Cardiff fans is much better than us because they you know, start you know, two wins on two wins on the spin for them, um, or two out of three. I can't remember exactly what, but they're, they're starting to get wins together. We're not, and if you look at the, you know, the rest of our schedule, we're basically going to have to rely. We're down anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But if we were, say, say we're only two points off at this stage, we'd have to rely on our away form to do that. And anyone who knows Fulham and away games in the Premier League know that that is not a healthy mix. Yeah, agreed. And I think Cardiff is is always going to be a fair comparison this season after the battle that we had with them for for second place last season. We both came up together, so they're they're doing better than we are this season. That's the bottom line. Indeed, right. And all that needs now is for us to move on to the next question. And this one comes from Jamie VRO. It's Jamie Vro. I don't want to, however that's pronounced. Um, and he asks, where does the club go from here to prepare for next season? Now, we're going to sort of touch on that again a little bit later with, you know, who, about who's going to be in charge next season or indeed now. Um, I suppose, I suppose we, can really tie, we can really tie the two together. Uh, so where does the club go from here to prepare for next season? Do they make the managerial change now? Do they just accept the inevitable? And you know, I know, Mr. I know, Mr. McClare is a huge fan of uh, Mr. Ranieri. So no, 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 I'm, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Ranieri. I like him, and I don't think we gain any advantage by sacking him at the moment. You know, he's on a long-term contract, and if we sack him, then we have to pay that contract up potentially. And then where do we go from there? We give the job to Scott Parker until the end of the season. Somebody with no experience as a manager, whereas Ranieri has over 30 years of experience. It hasn't worked with Ranieri so far, but I'd rather somebody experienced saw it through until the end of the season, even if you know we're dropping like a stone, then, then give the job to somebody just for the sake of it and just, just to kind of fill a period of time. I think, as I said last week, I think the club needs a massive structural overhaul in the summer and we then need to decide what direction we want to go in as a club and once we've made that decision then we can start to think about who to give the manager uh, managerial role to but until that time i think we just stick with what we've got and that's so that's so stay with things so stay with things as they are sort of at least on the at least on the managerial side do you want to make any changes um on the on the on the playing field on the pitch you know do you want to see you know everyone Every time this sort of thing comes, everyone talks about getting the youth players in. You know, Stefan Sessegnon's been talked about quite a lot as a player, as a player who probably needs to get some games. Matt O'Reilly, Luca Della Torre. Until he left, I was still calling for Stephen Humphreys to get to get some game times. Or do you just, just want to see the players that we have now? Plus, but again, again what, what what advantage do we do we gain by playing people like Matt O'Reilly and Stephen Sessegnon? Well, you know, we still carry on getting thrashed. Their confidence gets knocked. Um, and, you know, we're still going to be in the same position. But what we've been crying out for is experience to this squad. We we haven't got it. So why then go completely the other direction and say, well, let's chuck the kids in? It, it won't work. I don't see... Now we're, we're through January and we're, we're past the, the transfer window. I don't see anything working this season so I think we're just going to have to try and get through it as best we can and then regroup and go again in the summer okay yeah. okay Mr Dom I suppose same question yeah. same question over to you yeah I just, the, the point about the youngsters I mean I, I do in a way I kind of agree that it's not the time to to chuck them in but I'm my kind of my mind is sort of looking at next season now 
I've, I've made my, my point about Ranieri in the past. I think it's we should probably go with whoever will be our manager next season. Uh, I think we should have done that at some point in, in January, personally. I don't think it'd be Ranieri, whether it's with us who let him go or whether he doesn't want to stay. But I would be surprised if, if Ranieri was the manager to get us back up next year. However, <laughs> I don't think we're going to get... Uh, we, we need to be looking at... Um, you know, a manager who's decent at championship le- uh, level can has has done things with a lower budget and given given the opportunity to work with a, a bigger budget at, at Fulham. And I don't think I mean, that, that kind of manager is the manager who is looking to get their current team promoted from the championship. So I don't think we're going to get that sort of manager in now. So with that in mind, if the other alternative is Scott Parker, then I think I think I do kind of. By default, fall on. We have to stick with Ranieri. Um, with regard- would Ranieri, would Ran- sorry to interrupt you, Matt. Would, yeah, would okay. Ranieri really be that bad in the Championship? Do you do you think he would be? I I don't know whether he'll be bad. You know, looking at uh, Rafa Benitez, he he did pretty well when when Newcastle came back down. Um, and I think there there's there's similarities between the two of them. I don't I don't know is the answer. Uh, but it's more about I don't think he would be kept on and whether he'd want to it, it's about that i don't think I, I feel like we would need as a as a fan base need to be behind that I, I just i just don't think we are in general i'm reading a book on on ranieri at the moment that was, i've been plowing through since he since he joined and it's interesting i've just got to the leicester story and how he he just screwed up the the greece um scenario and just lost at home to, was it the Faroe Islands or whatever it was, with, with Greece and got the boot. And he was kind of looking to get back into English football because he likes he likes England. And before Leicester came calling, he, he would have considered, according to this this book, he would have considered a job in the Championship. Um, so I don't think it's the case that he doesn't know the league. I don't, I think he's, you know, I, I think he's he's clever enough to, to understand the English game. And I also think if we were to hang on to him, he is a name that people would want to come and play for because of his achievements with Leicester. So he could act as quite a pull. That's a valid point. And there might be a chance to convince some of the some of the bigger names we've got, uh, to, you know, to give it a year, to give it six months to try and get us back up. There's a chance of that. But my other problem with it is I, I just don't really like watching his brand of football. And I don't think without without the the right players, which we didn't bring in in January, and it would require a big turnaround again in the summer for him to have the players he needs. I I, I just don't see, I just don't see it working with him. What whatever league we're in, with the players we've got, that's that's fair enough. And um, yeah, I, I I also think it's going to be very difficult. The more we keep losing. Um, I think the more the fans are gonna gonna turn on him. There was a turn, quite a, a clear turn on Saturday when when he took Scherler off and bought on Cyrus Christie, which I didn't think was a bad decision personally. But anyway, we won't go into that. But once you've lost the fans, then it's very difficult to go back. And and I think he's he, he may be on the brink at the moment. Okay, and that brings us excellently into our last question of this first half. We'll get into the second part of it after the quiz. But Marty Ward asks us. Who would you like as manager? So I'm going to just slightly change and frame that. So come the 5th of August or whenever the first game of the championship season is next year, it will be around that time, in the Fulham, in the Fulham dugout will be who? In your mind, if 
if you were in charge, if you were, if you were the Khans, who would you have in charge of Fulham come the first game of the championship season? Mr. Dom, you first. Yeah. Um, my, my choice would be, it's kind of, it's kind of an obvious one because there's, there's been a bit of a, a sort of bandwagon around it on social media. Uh, but I, I would really want Lee Johnson there. Similar to the point I was I was making earlier, we, we, we at this point we're not going to convince a manager who is there or thereabouts in the playoffs to leave their team to come join a doomed Premier League team because they might have a chance to be managing in the Premier League next year. But if Bristol City don't go up, and you know Lee Johnson and his dad are both Fulham fans, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's a rumor. I think that's I think that's true. I was going to say, um, is that actually confirmed the death of I've heard a lot that Gary Johnson is because he was born in Hammersmith. So you're thinking if the dad supported, then it gets passed on to the sub. But I've never actually seen anything concrete confirmed about you know from either of them. But we're, but we're just led to believe that Lee and that Lee and Gary are. So- yeah, sure. I mean, even if he's not, then he, he's certainly familiar with uh, with you know his dad's brought up in the area and that kind of thing. And I, I'm not even sure that's that much of a positive thing because you can be too close can't you um but it's not necessarily his film film connections but it's kind of the way his teams play i think is is that gap between um Jokanovic's style which was which was gung-ho and didn't work in the premier league and ranieri's style which is too far the other way in a team that has really weak defenders and it, it doesn't work and from my remembering how we've when we've played against Bristol City in the past they've been they've frustrated us uh they 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 play a high press and they play some good football as well and they haven't conceded many in the championship this season so I'd be really interested to see what he could do with what would be a bigger club if if they go up he probably stays but if they don't then I think we can convince him and I'd be really happy to see him there I'm just looking at the sort of, you know, you said Bristol have always, have always given us a tough game. I'm assuming just by he, was he in charge of Bristol City when they knocked us out? the Because they scored about six goals against us in the space of a week. Because they knocked us out the League Cup and then scored four at Craven Cottage. Was he in charge at that time? Was that was that him? I th- I think he was. but I'm I assuming could, so, yeah. In which in which case, your point. I think he's been there for a while. Take it. They, have, they have been tougher. And I agree with you. They've they, they played some excellent... They played some excellent football, knocked Man United out of the cup, you know. So yeah, they they've been hard. They've, you know, they've been hard to beat. Sorry, yeah, they did have Tammy Abraham, you know. So maybe there's he, you know, something about caught us. He he absolutely destroyed us that day. I, I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah maybe there's imagine what you could do with Mitrovic. Exactly. Yeah, maybe there's something to do with you know if if it's the right players, the right system, so on and so forth. Maybe you can integrate that. Uh, Mr. Beclair, so the same question to you. You are the Khan. Managing Fulham, the first game of the season <clears> in the Championship next season will be. I'm going to take exception to the way you've asked the question because I think you're automatically assuming that we're down, and we're not down yet. It's looking very unlikely that we're going to stay up. It's going to be very difficult, but we're not down yet. And I think it's our job as um, as hosts and co-hosts on this podcast to try and keep the faith a little bit and and you know not transmit too much negativity. So with that in mind. I'm going to hope that Ranieri turns this around and puts together um, a, a string of results, even if even if we end up going down, but we go down with a bit of pride. And that's that's what I want. I want a club that we can be proud of. And But whatever happens in the summer, regardless of, of whether we're in the Premier League or whether we're in the Championship, I still maintain that we need to look at this restructure and we can't really talk about 
who the manager is going to be until we decide upon the brand of football that we're we're going to be associated with. Um, so I'm sitting on the fence a little bit, but I, I guess if I was pushed, I'd say I, I want Ranieri to still be here next season because it means he will have been successful and we might have achieved something this season. Okay, that's not bad. Not bad way of thinking. At least, at least one of us is uh, at least one of us is positive amongst the billions because that's what we have uh, Fulham fans around the world at least some of us has got some level of positivity about us um I suppose I should answer this as well before we move on to the quiz um I don't want to say I started the movement but I did start the movement I firmly believe that the best manager will be Vincenzo Montella and I don't think it's in any way unrealistic if you look you know if Edgar David can stroll out for Barnett and if Marcelo Bielsa can um, go for Leeds, I see absolutely no way, shape or form how it is unrealistic that, Mar- that Vincenzo Montana, because, yes, I know it was only six months. It's not as if he was a cult hero in the same way of, you know, of like sort of Bride and Murphy and Johnny Haynes or anything like that. Um, but he, we we got on well with him. Uh, he did He did very well. And he's done a very good job managing. And, you know, the fact that he's been saying that he's... Obviously, um, if we're the obviously we have to be sort of the first club that would that would come after him, but I think I think it's absolutely an ex. There is actually an excellent chance that he would want to that he would want to come and manage us, and I think and I think we'd be able to pull that off. So anyway, that's uh, what we have for part one of the of the listener of the audience questions. We'll now move, uh, we'll come on to some of them after the quiz. Fulham. Right, welcome back. It's time for everyone's favourite part of the favourite part of the week, because let's face it, the match clearly isn't the favourite part of the week, and it's the full and focus quiz. Now, I, for some reason, Danny only ever gives the how many points anyone can get to J Max, so I don't have anything for you. So let's just say it's out of a hundred and just hope my math is right. So anyway, uh, we'll start off with round one, and it's something that we did last week or maybe two weeks ago, whatever I was asked on, and it's guess their all-time Premier League appearances ranking. So where did the following uh, former Fulham players rank in the all-time list of Premier League appearances? So, for instance, Gareth Barry is in first place. Ryan Giggs is in second place. You know, Brian McBride can be in 119th place. I don't know, just off the top of my head. And you're basically just going to have to guess where the following players are and where they come in the all-time list of ranks and so on and so forth. Mr. Dom, I will go to you first. We've got four. In this first round, so Dom, I'll go to you. Hugo Rodiega, where does he fit in the all-time list? Hugo Rodiega. I was terrible at this when I was uh, trying it in my car when I was listening to last week's one. So just get my excuses in early. Uh, Hugo, 320. Okay, so Mr. Dom goes for 320 for Hugo Rodiega. Mr. McClare, over to you. Uh, I'm going to go with 284. 284. The point goes to Mr. Dom because Hugo Rodega is 559th in the the all-time list, so you're all all quite off. He shares that with Jonas Gutierrez, John Hartson, Nico Cranshaw and Park Ji-sung. So, question number two. Mr. McClare, over to you first. Scott Parker. Where does Scott Parker rank in the all-time list? 80. Uh, Mr. McClare goes for 80. Mr. Dom, over to you. 102. 102. Point goes to Mr. McClare because Scott Parker is 53rd 
in the all-time appearance list with 368 uh, appearances going for Charlton, Chelsea, Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs, and Fulham. Obviously, Fulham. Obviously. Don't know why I said that. Crikey, it's been a long week, and it's only Monday. Right, question number three. Sean Davis. Where does Sean Davis come on the list? Mr. Dom. Um... Oh, 185. 185. And Mr. McClare? Uh, 200. Point to Mr. McClare because Sean Davis is 354th on the list with 202 appearances coming for Fulham, Spurs, Portsmouth and Bolton. And that puts him level with Matt Holland, Stuart Pearce and Carlos Tevez. Right, and now for the final question. Uh, Mr. Beclair, Steed Malbronk. Steed Malbronk. Steed. I am going to go for 150. 150 for Steed Malbronk. Mr. Dom? That's a, that's a good good ballpark figure. Uh, 175. 175. Point goes to Mr. Beclair because Seymour Rock is 81st. He's in the is top he? 100. He's in the top 100. You wouldn't think that, would you? Off the top of your head, you wouldn't think that. But anyway, so after round one, we have three points to Mr. Beclair and one point to Mr. Dom. Now, this round is a bit of a weird one for reasons that will become self-explanatory. Basically, Danny Boy, our boss, glorious leader, however you want to put it, uh, he wants you to match what he match his thoughts. So basically, if anyone's oh, ever seen the uh, uh, if anyone's wow. ever seen Mister and Mrs., anyone ever seen that sort of game yeah. show, so you've got to match what Danny Boy. You've got to match it. Thank God you're doing it. We've got to match what Danny Boy is thinking. So <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So anyway, so. Question one, Matt Dom, you go first. Who is Danny Boy's favourite ever bold Fulham player? So no <laughs> hair. Who is his favourite? And, and you have choices. You have choices. Oh, okay. It's Andy Johnson, Paul Koncheski, David Button, Danny Murphy, or Sonny Aluko? Oh man. When when it first came up, I thought Andy Johnson, but I'm going to change to Danny Murphy. You're going to go for Danny Murphy. Okay, Mr. McClare, your answer. Oh, I didn't realise we were both having a go. I'd have gone with no, Danny no, no, Murphy yeah, as you well. Both, yeah, you both get a guess. Sorry. Well, yeah, you oh, both man. get a um, All right, I'll have to go Andy Johnson then. Not David Button. Or oh, David Button, no, Andy Johnson. You're going Andy Johnson. Neither of you are correct. It is, in fact, Paul Koncheski. Koncheski, that's, that's what I said. It's, no, even though I still maintain that Paul Koncheski is not bold. Because if you saw what he played, what he had on his hair <laughs> when he played for Leicester a couple of years later, I maintain Paul Koncheski is not bald. But anyway, Danny's got the thing. Anyway, neither of you got it right, so it's Paul Koncheski. Right, question number two: Who is his French hero? His French hero, which is a weird way to phrase it, Mister Beclair, Mister Frenchie. We'll go to you, and your five answers are: Sylvain Nguinsky, Louis Saha, Steve Malbronk, Martin Djetou, and Maxime Le Marchand. Who's your out of that five? Who do you think is his French hero? The obvious one's Saha, isn't it? So I'll, I'll say Saha. Play it safe. You'll say Saha, Mister Dom. Over to you. I feel I feel like Danny's got a real weakness for Steed Marbronk, so I'm going to go with Steed. 
He does have a weakness for one player. It is apparently his second ever, his second favorite ever player after his Bermorte, and it's Martin De Jetu. De Jetu, however you pronounce it. For some reason, he likes Martin De Jetu. I don't know why, right. but he does. Random. Right. Definitely. Right. Question number three, which is titled You Utter Tosspot. First, don't blame me. This is how he titled it. You. Uh, anyway, so who is? Are you sure that wasn't the subject line of is it of the email he sent you? <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. I may have misread. But anyway, is, so basically, who does out of this list? Who does he hate the most? Who does he hate the most? Um, Mr. Don is coming to you first. Is it Darren Bent, Chris Martin, John Arnarisa, Felix McGath, or me? Because of all the fuss I put him through with that Rafa Benitez article back in October. <laughs> I was kind of hoping Tony Khan would come up. Um, what are the options again? Uh, Darren Bent, Chris Martin, John Arnarisa, Felix McGath, or me? Oh, he really hates John Arnarisa. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go for him. You're going to go for John Arnarisa. Okay. Mr. McClare, your answer. I've forgotten the options. I was too busy thinking how harsh it was to put you in the list. What was the first one again? It wasn't harsh at all. Darren Bent, Chris Martin. Yeah, that, sorry, yeah, Darren Bent. Darren Bent. That's a fair that's a fair answer. Unfortunately, it's the incorrect one. Uh, Mr. Dom gets a point because it is John Arnarisa. So well of all the players and all the history of Fulham FC, Danny Boy hates John Arnarisa the most. I think it's a bit harsh, but anyway. Uh, not not to plug somebody else's content, but on the 1879 YouTube channel, he, he's done an interview with John Arnarisa in some hotel um, like lobby. And he came across quite well, actually. It made me want to read his book. He spoke quite he nicely does. about Fulham. He's a generally he's a generally nice bloke. When me and a couple of other Fulham fans uh, won the won a competition sort of thing to have lunch with the first team and watch them train, John Arnarisa was a really lovely guy. He held the door open for us. He's a lovely chap. Um, this so, yeah, is Danny's mind. Harsh, for, Danny's mind. Say, say again. This is Danny's mind. So yeah, this uh, is Danny and Danny's mind. Yeah, exactly. Not, not exactly the most stable of people. So he's gone for Danny. He's gone for John Arnarisa. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I suppose anyway. he deserved that for putting you in the list. Yeah, we'll move on for number four. This is where he takes a really weird twist. Who does his granddad resemble a spitting image of? For, don't ask why he's asked to put this in there, but he, he insisted this was. So, uh, Mr. McLean, this goes to you. Who does his granddad have resemble in a spitting image of? Is it Roy Hodgson? George Cohen, Martin Yoll, Les Strong, or Shahid Khan? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, looking at Danny, I reckon Martin Yoll. Martin Yoll. Okay, Mr. Dom? I'm, I feel like I've heard him say this before. And I, I think it might be George Cohen. You think it's George Cohen? Well, Mr. McClare gets a point because it is, in fact, Martin Yoll. Now, did you go for this because, let's just, let's just say, Daddy Boy is of the larger gentleman. Let's just put it that way. You said it, not me. Yeah, as I said to him earlier, we're both, we are both large gentlemen, so I'm allowed <laughs> to say it. It's a brethren sort of thing. The brethren of chubby fellows, so I'm allowed to say it. But anyway, yes, he's gone, yeah. You know, he's a larger gentleman. His dad's a larger gentleman. His granddad. That's that was the way I thought of it, and apparently that's the way you thought of it as well, Mister McClare. So anyway, number five, number five. What has been Danny's worst moment of this season? His worst moment of the season is it a the late equaliser against Spurs. 
Or was that late winner? I'm assuming that's meant to be late winner. That late Spurs yeah, winner. Late winner. Yeah. Uh, B, ticket prices. C, the fan in Bishop's Park walking to the opening game of the season wearing white socks and sandals. D, the January transfer window. E, Huddersfield away. Or F, having to speak to the Fulham focus team on a daily basis. So, so Mr. Dom, what do you think has been Danny's worst moment of this season? It's got to be Huddersfield away. Huddersfield, you're going for Huddersfield away. Mr. McClare, what's your answer? Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right with Huddersfield away, but I, I know he's got a, a real exception with, with with his family, with the ticket prices. So I'm going to say ticket prices. You're going to say ticket prices? Neither of you are correct. Um, his, the worst moment of his season, for some reason, is the fan in Bishop's Park walking to the game with white socks and sandals. <laughs> and he, he lists this in his email. He lists this thusly. I quote verbatim. I was livid. Who does that in public anywhere, let alone a football match? It made me hate the Premier League before the season had even started. Wouldn't see that sort of behaviour in the Championship. His words. His words. Fair enough. Fair anyway, enough. So, so we end round two with Mr. McClare leading four points to two. And we go on to round three. I'm going to make this the last one because we're getting, because we're getting on a bit. I want to, so anyway, we'll get this. Round three, it's the back and forth. Actually, no, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to go the back and forth round or guess the player? Mr. McClare, your vote. Where do we go? Don't care. You don't Toss care. Coin. Dom? Toss a coin. Dom, where do you want to go? Um, back and forth. Back and forth. So we're going back and forth. Democracy, will of the people. Anyway, so back and forth. Since this week marks the fifth anniversary of Felix McGath's appointment as Fulham manager, Name his first lineup against West Bromwich Albion away. So his first line against West Bromwich Albion away, you get so there's out of eleven, you get five guesses each. Mr. Dom, you first. Name the team. Um Hangerland. Hangerland is correct. You get a point. Mr. McClare. Oh, I'd be awful at this. Metroglou, didn't he make his debut at West Brom? He did not. He did not. So, Mr. Dom. I'm trying, trying to think who might have been in goal. Um, uh, Stockdale? No, it was not David Stockdale. So, Mr. Beclair, over to you. Johnny Heitinger. Johnny Heitinger was on there. You score a point. Mr. Dom. Third guess. Um, gonna go with a random one. I'm sure he got some game. Actually, no, I'm not gonna go with a random. One. I'm gonna go with Lewis Holtby. Lewis Holtby is on there. You get a point, Mr. McClare. Your third guess. Uh, Roddy Ager. Roddy Ager did indeed start, so you get a point, Mr. Dom. Penultimate guess. Um, I think probably to Jagger. Ashkander Jagger was starting, so you get a point there. Uh, Mr. McClare. Sasha Rita. Sasha Rita started at right back, so yes, you get a point. And Mr. Dom, final guess. I've got to guess the wrong keeper, so it's got to be um, Stekelenberg. Stekelenberg, however you wish to pronounce it. Yes, however you wish to pronounce it, you get a point. Uh, Mr. McClare, last guess. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm going to go Fernando Amorabieta. 
He started at left back, so you get a point there. Uh, the full team was Martin Stecklenberg in goal, Retha, Heitinger, Hangland, and Roy Bieta, Dejaga, Parker, Sidwell, Richardson, Holtby, Rodiega. And then the substitutes were David Stockdale, Dan Byrne, John Arnarisa, William Kvist, Paitim Gassami, Momo Tankovic, and Kostas Petroglu was on the bench. So you didn't Tankovic get was my risky one. Was he going to be your risky one? You could, yeah. you could have got because didn't he start at Old Trafford? For Rennie Mullenstein. Yeah. He definitely started a few games. He did start Which is really games. weird. I quite liked him. He, he, he had something about him. Anyway, so at the end of the quiz, Mr. McClare comes out on top with eight points. Mr. Don comes second with six points. And as your reward, Mr. McClare, you get um your you are put in pole position for the Fulham team go-karting race, which is going to take place at some point this week. You've heard Tom Kearney say they need to go go-karting to fix team morale. And as your reward, you get to sit on pole position. So well done to you. Wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Right. That's the quiz over with. Now let's get back to your questions. And welcome back. Now it's time for the final part of this uh, final part of the show where we again go back to you, the people, and ask what you, you know, this is a question and answer, similar to question time, just a bit more interactive and a bit more digital. Um, so we shall go to White Noise. Everyone knows White Noise is a Fulham fan. If, you don't, if you're a Fulham fan and you don't know who White Noise is, then quite frankly, you're doing it wrong. So, But he asked a very, very good question. And that's, who comes out of this season so far with any credibility? Now, there's a lot of players who are going to come in for a lot of a lot of stick, a lot of criticism this season. But there's always in any promotion, in any relegation side, rather, was, uh, unless you believe Matt McClare, we are going to be relegated. Uh, the positive one among us. Um, there's always someone who gets who gets a little bit of credit. Like when Watford went down, Ben Foster, I think, got player of the season because he was doing so well in goal, despite conceding all those many goals. Uh, Carlos Tevez, when West Ham seemed to go down, were, were going to go down in 2006-07, got player of the season because of the way he played. So who out of this season? Uh, not I'm not looking for just one player. There can be many if you want to name them. Who comes out of this season with any sort of credibility or at least gets a pass, if you will? So when we look back on this season, who think, yeah, it wasn't his fault we went down. Uh, Mr. Dom, I'll go over to you first. Who comes out of this season with any credit? How long have I got to think about it? Uh, um, um, so... You've got, uh, well, <laughs> no, I, I... in, 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 in uh, podcast terms, you've got as long as you want, because we can edit this down, but I would, wouldn't want to put that down on our wonderful editor, um, Don Love. He does a fantastic job, and I don't want to put him out for too long. So be quick about it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, the obvious one is Mitrovic, isn't it? He he looks like a, a top eight striker in a relegation team. So it, he's he's the only one that I can see every week who's absolutely given his all. And um, you know, without his goals, we'd be long gone already. Uh, even even if we're not if we're not already. And I, I suppose my second uh, option would be Callum Chambers, who had a really difficult start. It looked terrible at centre back. It looked terrible at right back. Um, but he seems to have found his position uh, as a holding midfielder. So uh, I think Callum Chambers, and again, he's he's become one of the you know a strong part of the squad as a whole. And I've got really nothing bad to say about him at all. Yeah, ex, ex, excellent point. I think Mitrovic is probably going to be uh, most people's answers. You know, if you're listening at home, everyone's going to have their own answers. That's going to Mitrovic is going to be one. Cam James is an excellent shout because you think of how badly he was playing as when Slavici Kanvic had him as a centre half, and I think back to the Cardiff away game in particular. He 
looked completely out of his depth. But he was he awful, seemed, yeah. He was awful. But one of the few things that uh, Stavisi Kanovic managed to get right this season, because uh, he did it in the in the Liverpool away game, was we put Cam James to defensive midfield. And it's it does seem to have revolutionised him. You know, it was getting to a stage where I was a bit worried that Arsenal were going to Arsenal were going to end up recalling because they think they were going through a they were going through a spell of injuries. And you know, if Lucas Torreira ever gets injured, then there seems to be a, a not ready made, but at least a, a solid replacement in Callum Chambers to fill to fill the defensive midfield role. So yeah, Callum Chambers is an excellent shout, uh, Mister Beclair. You uh, do you have any sort of others that you wish to put forward as you know? Uh, who's going to be basically who's going to be taking player of the season away at the end of this? Well, I, I'm going to go slightly left field and I'm going to ignore the fact that you just said who's going to be taking player of the season. And I'm going to say that we as supporters come out of this with quite a lot of credit because our away support this season, I know ticket prices have come under a lot of scrutiny this season. And the fact that the Premier League cap away, away tickets at 30 quid a pop is really good. And we've really taken advantage of it. And each week we've we've sold out everywhere we've gone, even though we're playing pretty shit football. Um, and we've made quite a bit of noise as well. And, and, you know, following Fulham away from home this season hasn't been fun, but it has in, in one sense because we've just gone along. We've kind of tried to make, make the best of a bad situation and make a bit of noise. So aside from, from Mitro and maybe Callum Chambers and uh, push one or two other players, um, I, I've really have enjoyed um spending time with with my friends and with with Fulham fans this season going all over the place and just making a bit of racket and and having a bit of fun so that's that's my answer okay i i think you've you've mentioned everything that the fans you mentioned excellent the fans have done an excellent job following following the team away this season as you said in even even how badly we've been performing the fact that we're getting such excellent numbers has been fantastic, and I just like to put a person, uh, not personal, but my my suggestion for you know Mitrovic as well comes in. Uh, Ryan Sessegnon, I think, does well, but personally, I think a guy who's probably uh, going to finish second in our post is Sergio Rico. We had all that fuss at the start of the season about what we were going to do in terms of our goalkeeper. Fabry started, wasn't doing exactly the greatest. Marcus Bertinelli came in. Was slightly better, but was still making the odd mistake uh, here and there. Again, question about whether or not he'd lost confidence or whether the back forward lost confidence. It's now uh, come out that he's got an injury, so maybe that played a part in it. But Sergio Rico has been fantastic between the sticks for us. And it does make you think, had we started with him from the start of the season, would we be in a slightly in a slightly better position than we were now? And I just want to, another quick announcement. I don't want to go through the whole squad. But Alfie Mawson, I think if it weren't for his injury problems, he probably would have uh, got a much, uh, much more solid place in Slavisi Kanovic's backline. Maybe that would have, you know, saved a couple more goals. That would have gotten, that would have bought Slavisi more time. Yeah, if, if only he could dress himself properly, then he'd be all right, wouldn't he? So when we were chatting on the uh, on the on the chat on WhatsApp earlier, and we asked the question, who comes out of this season with, with any credibility? John Shaw, who does the, um, who does the show, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, he said, Stephen Sessegnon. And I said, what are you on about? He hasn't played. And he went, yeah, exactly. And that just about sums it up. That sums our season up. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to put a thing on, on uh, someone, someone mentioned it on Twitter as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't get a chance to, if I didn't get a chance to say exactly the same thing. Richard Bamber gave a, uh, uh, Credit, credit goes out to him, Richard Bamber, uh, for saying Lee Adams for all the work that he's done with his 
with his charity, you know, the campaign against living miserably, or the walking that he's done uh, to the London away games, even going, it's meant to be this season, but even going back to last year when he did the walk to Birmingham, the, the amount of awareness and the amount of work that he's done for men's mental health has been has been outstanding this season. So I want to put a very special full and focus mention out to him for the work he's done and continues to do, because this isn't something that no, for him is going away. This is going to keep going on. And I wish him every, all the best in every single thing he does in raising money for, for what is a fantastic campaign. Right. And we move, uh, we move on from different, different note, but we've got to move on somehow to a different question. And again, comes back to uh, Marty Ward, uh, who sent the question, and this is going to be the final one for the night because we're running out of time. What would you like the cards to do in regards to going forward? Now, you can answer that question any way you like. If if you want to focus it on ticket prices, if you want to focus it on, um, you know, the Riverside stand has come in for a lot of talk this year, whether or not it's actually going to be built, um, or whether or not you want to see Maybe you want to see the Jags move to London, so Mossberg Park gets redeveloped. We get a better, we get a better training facility. However, you wish to address this question, I will leave it open to you, Mister Dom. With the cars going forward, what do you want to see them do? Anything major? Anything minor? Over to you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to address it in in terms of on the pitch. Shad Khan made quite a big thing uh, in the program ahead of the United game about how much money he's rejected for um, some of our players. I'm assuming one of them was Mitrovic because he said about um, he rejected one from China. I, I don't know who the other players were, but I guess Sessegnon was probably involved. I wonder I wonder how his, his hand holds up when, if and when we go down. Uh, I would quite like him to try and get us back up at the first time of asking. And in order to, to to do that and keep hold of as many of our good players as as we possibly can, I mean, if we end up selling all the all the players that are likely to go, um, you know, Rico will go back, Mitrovic is likely to be sold, Sessegnon will go, um, we will be left with such a small squad. So I'd like him, you know, if he really is committed to. To, to Fulham staying in the Premier League, going, coming back up and being there for a long time, I'd like him to swallow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to ask, isn't it? Swallow what he's what he's lost uh, in the summer transfer window, and um, try and convince some of these players that you know, give us another six months, give us a year, we go back up, and you'll be playing Premier League football again in a more settled squad. So I, I really want to see that kind of statement from him. <laughs> you could say that that might not happen while. Um, Tony Khan is there, but he he also might want want to he, he he I don't think he's going to want to admit defeat. Um, and he might you know they've got the financial clout to to hang on to our players. Um, I'd like to see him convince some of them to stay. So I I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Mitrovic would go. If yeah, um, I, if he's convinced to stay, you know. Yeah, it's it's a good point. You've possible. seen yeah exactly. You've seen teams in the past. I I want to make, mainly know Newcastle. Their best example was 2009 when they went down. They kept a good core of that squad together, the likes of Andy Carroll, Kevin Nolan managed to stay with them, Pierre Lovenkrantz. Uh, Damien Duff left, I think that was really the only really the only one. But a good a good chunk of that squad uh, stayed but stayed behind and helped them push. So it, it's not entirely out of the realm that we I keep think, the squad together. Sorry. I think it, also it, some of the players have got something to prove. Zambo and Gisa came in for thirty million. Uh, is anyone going to cough up half of that or even a third of that to, to take them off our hands? 
I, I don't I think, think it's. I, he's, think... I don't think he's played enough to sort of prove yeah, that he's, exactly. he's anything. So I think I think we may be I'm stuck with him. It's harsh, where but I think we I think we may be uh, maybe having to hold having to hold yeah. on to him. I think he could be a real force in the championship as well. He could do, uh, Mr. Beclair. Wrap up. Final point. Over to you. Yeah, I'm not going to take up too much time on this because I spoke a bit about this last week and in my article on Fulham Focus today. I I want to see the club define a strategy. Um, and all I really want, in, and I think that's all, all we, we all we all want as well, is to have a club that we're proud of. I was I was brimming with pride. I was so proud at Wembley last season. I was in floods of tears, and I was, it was just such a good day. It was it was like the best day, and I want to feel like that again. And you know, every football every football fan all over the world wants wants their club to do well and wants wants that feeling of of winning. But I I just feel like we. We could have that on a on a more regular basis. We can we should be we should be able to feel proud of our club. Um and at the moment I just don't. And there's something fundamentally wrong off the pitch. Um I, I don't agree with how uh, how we recruit players. I'd like to see that change. And and if that means that we need to we need to replace Tony Khan with with a football man, then then so be it. I don't care. I don't care who is involved in the club as long as they're the right people. And they they give us our, the, the identity of the club back, and and that's the main thing. Like I say, I, I just want to feel proud of, of Fulham Football Club. I don't, I don't think I can really put any any better myself. So you know, with that being said, I don't want to I don't want to tarnish was a fantastic answer by Mister McClane. So I don't want to tarnish it any further. So I'm just going to wrap up uh, tonight's proceedings. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. We know it's been hard season, a hard week. For you, for you guys to get there, and we hope that we can just bring that little bit of joy into into your lives every every single week in, in the best way we can. If we if we're not, then by all means, just just tell us. You know, let us know. We're on we're on uh, Twitter at Fulham underscore Focus. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We've got the website as well, FulhamFocus.com. Danny Boy would kill me if I didn't plug that. Um, so we've got loads of stuff. We've got Q and A's. We've got Matt, uh, various blogs from various people. Matt McLeod did an excellent one. His reaction for the Man United game. There's going to be one every week. There's, it's good stuff. So if you want to keep yourself entertained, you know, give yourself a very, a very uh, fan orientated perspective of the Fulham season. Then by all means, just come give us a go. So all that's really left for us to say is once again, thank you very much for listening. It's a goodbye from Mr. Dom. Goodbye, mate. It's a goodbye from Mr. McLeod. Just really quickly before we go, Matt Dom and I have been really trying to put Matt Baldwin, the presenter, off on on the chat on on, on this show tonight. So he's done really well to hold it together. Nice one, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Mister Beclair. I'm sure this will all this will all uh, come out one day. It'll all be be our memoirs. But all that's left for me to say before I burst into a fit of laughter and can't finish this is thank you very much for listening. Come on, you whites. <laughs>